Billy. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Well, R.I.P. Kobe, I guess. Well, what, what, what? Kobe Bryant. What about Kobe Bryant? Dead at 41. Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. Whoa, what happened? No, I, I would have expected to have gotten a, a Facebook message from you of a story about this. All right. Um... He and his daughter died in a helicopter crash in Calabasas. Oh my goodness. Yeah. How horrible. Yeah. It's the worst way to find out which one of your social media friends follow basketball. Oh my gosh. I can't believe that. I can't believe it. How horrible. His poor family losing yeah. both him and his daughter at the same time. Yeah. It's really bad. And it <laughs> there's just nothing. <laughs> this is the freshest we've ever, ever done, uh, done before. You know, you could say... You know, R.I.P. Terry Jones from last week. We love to have the Grim Reaper open the show for us, but this is uh, literally uh, the helicopter still smoking, you know, on the uh, West Coast right now. So we're still piecing it together. And the um, Calabasas County uh, Sheriff's Department hasn't even released the names of the people on board, but we know through other connections that it, he it was, was on, they yeah. were both on board yeah oh my goodness oh my goodness wow talk about too young um okay that's yeah wow what a horrible way to go yeah so you know twitter is is breaking uh right now and a lot of uh, people are uh sharing their opinions and sports people and celebrities and everybody's uh you know ringing in with uh what we're doing, I guess, which is uh, saying rest in peace. Yeah. Wow. Oh my goodness. I'm just. I'm. In, I'm in shock because you don't. You don't expect. To, to, you know stories like this. I mean, I know. I know it happens. I know people die in plane crashes. People die in helicopter accidents. It's just you, you don't. You don't expect somebody who's like, forty-one to. No. Die. I wouldn't expect somebody who's fifty-ish, early fifties to be found dead in an elevator uh, yeah i know of, of, of an overdose i know but what you're talking about talking about Prince. i'm not really like yeah. a basketball guy but you know this is this is a, a carrie fisher for some people you know yeah what I mean? yeah yeah so he was know, a huge celebrity our, he was still playing basketball too right no oh no he no, retired he had recently retired oh okay but still yeah oh my goodness um Wow. Okay. I just feel my heart goes out to his family. I mean, we could have talked about the Grammys. <laughs> um, we, we may we, still. We can still talk about but the Grammys. I just but... felt like, you know, I mean, whether or not you are a basketball fan or even a Lakers fan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even if I was a basketball fan, I probably would not be a fan of Kobe Bryant. But this is still, uh, you know, terrible. And our and our condolences go out to his uh, his friends and family. But were they just going on like a tour? Or yeah, just, I mean like, that's for a, fun. Yeah, that's all. That whole area is a yeah. doll resort, you know, and, and uh, park and stuff I like that. So I'm sure happened. they were just doing something like that. But yeah. Yeah. It was, oh my uh, gosh. It was uh, pretty rough. Oh, wow. Okay. So um, I guess we'll get started with the show proper. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate you being uh, emotionally responsive, even though you have no connection at all to this. No, but I just feel if but I feel horrible. What, what sports star 
uh, would if Vanessa if Venus Williams died, <laughs> Vanessa, if Vanessa Williams died, yeah. <laughs> uh, would she have saved the best for last? Uh, would would you be affected by this? Probably. <laughs> I don't know. I think there are just some big names in sports, even if you don't follow them or you know. You know, if if they die young, it's just like you know, if it, you hear somebody dies and they're older, it's it's sad, but it's not as tragic. You know what I mean? Explaining grief to yeah, our listeners. Okay, all right. If it was uh, Kevin Garnett, he would have missed uh, his trip to the Oscars, right? He's probably going to the Oscars this year. Oh boy, probably. Right? He's been in movies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. he uh-huh. had a star-making role uh, in a movie that was pretty much snubbed. Altogether for uh, nominations, a movie that the Safdie brothers looked at Kobe Bryant for the role uh, in Uncut Gems, yeah. and it just turned into. <laughs> it took them ten years to make that film. They had really? planned it ten years ago, and wow. then over the course of them having to, if you've seen the movie, you know that it's about a basketball player um, who's on this this run, this series where he's like hot and cold, and so Adam mm. Sandler has this thing. That he wants. I don't know how much to say, but anyway, he wants this like jewel from him that he considers to be lucky. And so they didn't. Oh, okay. This is before. I, I can't remember if Kevin Garnett was even in Boston at this time, but over the course of the 10 years that they kept trying and failing to get this made, yeah. Kevin Garnett had the series where he had like a really good game and a really bad game. And so oh, that became like okay. perfect for them. And then Kevin Garnett also is a guy with a lot of personality and wanted to right. uh, maybe be in a movie. We're supposed to be talking about Kobe Bryant, though. Apparently, Kobe Bryant wanted to direct. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So he like a- approached them. Like I think he, they, his people sought out them and were like, "Yeah, Kobe's just looking, you know, for roles, and he was looking to get into Hollywood and stuff like this." This is probably around the time that um, he was doing those commercials with Kanye for the shoes and everything, the Kobe program. Sure. I know more than I guess I knew, thought I knew about Kobe Bryant. I guess. Uh, and they, they got into negotiations, and then the, his people came back, and they're like, well, he actually wants to really direct a movie. And they're like, okay, well, it's well, not going to be this one. that's kind of like what we do, so <laughs> yeah. sorry. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> what's uh, Shaq up to? Yeah, Shaq. Like, that's a recent player. Like no, a, but What's Charles Barkley Shaq. up to? Right. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> what about those guys in the black and white picture with the swastikas, you know, they were the Jewish League or whatever? Oh, my what God. About those stop guys? it. No. That's a, what, what about the guy that cut the bottom out of the peach basket? <laughs> Who, like, started basketball? What about Gene what Hackman? Talking about? Is Gene Hackman available? What? what? Why Gene Hackman? <laughs> this is, we did it. I took, speaking of baskets, I turned mine over. Shake, 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 shake. That's all I got for basketball now. <laughs> That's all I got. Um, went to the very bottom of the USA basket, Dream Team. That's or all I got. Barrel, yeah. Um, Harlem Globetrotters. Yeah. Trotters. We can't clear that. Oh, okay. We can't clear that. So anyway, yeah. Uh, rest in peace, uh, Kobe and his daughter. Uh, okay, we're the Just Enough Trope podcast. Yes. Well, you wouldn't know it. Um, we're not just enough basketball. We're just enough trope. And I'm your host, Caliban, joined as always by my co-host. Hi, I'm Mikan Hana. Here to talk about all the news that's fit in the world of nerdy entertainment and the tropes related to those forms of nerdy entertainment. Yes. And today, we are talking about something very special. Yeah. Something very affecting. Y- yes. Something that will affect your mind. <laughs> and your body, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nameless color. And you're like, ah, it seems like purple. I think it's purple. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> I hate to be that guy. I know. I hate to be that guy that it, you can write a, a story in, in the 20s and you go, it was a some undescribable color. And then you go to make a movie and it's like, mm, you guys want purple? Yeah, they're going to do purple. Yeah, purple. I know, right? Unless yeah. it's like infrared. 
Right. Or you know what it is? Purple. They were probably trying to get like close to like ultraviolet, trying to like sort of oh, evoke that idea, you know. Mm-hmm. And purple is a, you know, uh, I think it's a weird color. You, you do? Yeah, I think that it's a, it's all long been seen as a color that uh, it, there's a lot of cultural significance to purple. Yeah, we're I talking mean, about the guy in the elevator before, but yeah, I know. But I just mean because it comes from, what was it like, indigo dye or something like that? Maybe. Okay, the, remember the basket? Yeah. This is this is like a, a little thing that you get ketchup in. Oh sure. A little a little paper thing. Yeah yeah this yeah. Is a, this is a very shallow amount of knowledge I have about <laughs> purple, but you know the royal garments were purple. The yes. senators in Rome wore purple. Sure. And it was because the. Woad or whatever dye that you used to mm. do purple was you know, rare. So right, so, I mean that makes sense. Um, I knew it was a royal color. I didn't know that the senators wore it as well. But there you go. So yeah, um, yeah. Uh, it, it's alternate title: Purple Rain. Oh, stop it! Right. I would expect to see prints in it then if it was Purple Rain. <laughs> oh man, they're like, I'm just talking to my friend in the well. Oh, <laughs> like oh okay, That's, right? Yeah. You should make it pink. A cymbal guitar know. just comes flying out of the room. Right. right. All right. Well, we're talking about the color out of space, okay? We're talking yes. about the H.P. Lovecraft story, The Color Out of Space, yes. with a U. And the brand spanking new came out this weekend, Richard Stanley film, Color Out of Space. Mm-hmm. No article, no you. Right. Right, right, right. Um, Is that just going to put our stamp on this thing here? <laughs> You, what do you mean? Like we're Americanizing it? Is that well? well I can understand American. the Americanization. Yeah. But when you say the color out of space, you're referring to a specific color out of space. Mm-hmm. In this case, a color that can't be described. It's purple. Right. <laughs> when you just say color out of space, you're talking about like just like general, general color. You know those colors that come out of from space. space. Yeah. yeah. I think you are kind of. Um... <laughs> generalizing it a little bit more i actually hadn't noticed that there is a the and there was no the with a movie title so there you go every single hp lovecraft short story begins with the article the don't look it up don't at me i i won't and so if you're going to make i I just feel like somebody it's okay look richard stanley we'll talk about him later He, he has a rock star properties but i just feel like somebody got to him was like Lose the the. It's like, right. It's like what Facebook. are you, Sean Parker? Yeah. Who are you? Right, like, right, right, right. Because it's just like, you know, movies that ended a question mark don't do good. And movies that maybe start with a the, you're, it's an uphill climb. <laughs> and I would say movies that adapt a 100-year-old short story yeah. from a uh, racist New Englander yeah. that star Nicolas Cage just screaming at things, there's the start of your uphill climb. <laughs> it starts yes. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is where the... Um, where the, the, the rock wall starts. Yeah, no, I uh, I would agree with that. You've been to a lot of camps. Do you, you have a rock wall? Um, no. Uh, <laughs> so you've been to a lot of bad camps. No, we, we just didn't have a rock wall to climb. Um, that's like, I feel so, like that's all that I did at camp. Really? Yeah. You did rock wall Just climbing. rock wall, rock wall. Uh, and it was gamified. Yeah, we didn't have anything like it was that. Game, it wasn't just, come on, you can do it. Oh, you yeah, didn't do it, but we've yeah, got a, right. you in the diaper harness thing, so you're okay. Uh, I uh, see what you're doing. It's, yeah. <laughs> is that, are you in a character or do you see what I'm doing? No, I see what you're doing. Uh, we'll be a character. It's more fun. Uh, but it was okay. But it was gamified because as you go up, there would be th- like certain types of rock maybe. And if mm. you could touch those or get near those, mm. that'd be worth... Five points because like oh you oh, found some, some shists 
uh-huh. look it up. So they're so they're teaching you the names of these rocks, right? And stuff but like there that was one spot it. that okay. was minus a hundred points, and it Why? was because it was like a very rare plant that grew in like the Boundary Waters area, and they were you know botanists had only found two or three of them in the wild in the last twenty years. Oh my goodness! So you could have like destroyed, and that has clearly stayed with me that stayed with me yeah wow that sounds somewhat lovecraftian in a ways uh, <laughs> what well like i don't know like this like this forbidden plant that's unusual and like stuff like that um that plant yeah a violet all right you're kidding me purple. oh because it's purple i see what you're We're saying right back yeah, yeah, yeah right back home yeah let's talk about the news well, we started with the bad news. Let's go on to the hopefully somewhat better news. Mm. Uh, you know, the Grammys are going on right now. Yes. I Yesterday, maybe the day before, I can't remember what it was, uh, we had uh, a rather long story about a story, a conversation yes. about the Grammys. Yes. Um, even though you and I know very little about music, <laughs> I um, have no desire to talk about the Grammys. I don't know what... I got it all out in that conversation, apparently, oh, okay. because now I am just... Tapped. I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were watching a Grammys um, pre-show, like just trying to just milking it mm-hmm. on VH1, and um, yeah, we were just wondering, like, are the Grammys on today? Because we don't know anything, and it turns right. out, no, they're not on today. It's it's, it's just a pre-show. Right, right, right. Um, that being said, mm-hmm. I feel like I can push through some of the winners here. We're we're recording this fairly early. Yeah. Uh, so the evening is not quite over yet. Mm-hmm. Although there's already a lot of. Um, official results here so huh the grammys must start at like six noon seven oh no noon? you don't know it's on the west coast oh yeah i right? see what you're saying um like yeah, you I get lunch know. you're like oh that was great blt okay well here we go go to the grammys right <laughs> probably not uh so anyway uh who are the big stars this year uh I don't know. Is Lizzo do up know. for some stuff? She is. Okay. That would be one of this my biggest guests. our conversation guess. from um, the other day. Yeah. You do know. Yeah. Okay. Uh, T-Swift, I would guess. She's nominated for three Grammys. She's not at the uh, ceremonies. Yes. And there are a couple different theories about that. Right. That's one of the things I suggested that about. it might be her mom. Uh, who is experiencing um, health problems right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I read a Variety article. Because I guess I wanted to go another layer deeper, even yeah. though I still claim to know nothing. And <laughs> she has made a big, her movie has come out, Miss Americana, on mm-hmm. Netflix, documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's sort of a follow-up to her Reputation movie, which is a, a tour movie, mm-hmm. like a concert movie. And it's, it's fr- she's framing herself, this is her coming out, her political coming out. Whoa. And so she talks about how much she stifled her instincts to speak out about political things mm. because uh, she, th- I don't know. There's a couple of different reasons. It would be bad for her business. It'd be hard right. to be the most it, famous rock star of all time right now or pop star. If half the country hates you because right, right, right. you, you know, come, come out for women's rights. Mm-hmm. Um, so it could be that it could also be, she was told nobody cares about her opinion. It could be that she felt that nobody cared about her opinion, but mm-hmm. that's all gone now, baby, because she's made about three videos now with lots of pastel colors and gay celebrities in them. Right. So she's totally political now, you guys. <laughs> and so that's part of it is that now the reason that that matters is, is that, there's just been this flap recently where the head of the Academy or whoever it is that gives out the Grammys right. was fired 
And the reason given by the organization was that somebody had um, complained about her and like blew the whistle on right. her. Um, I don't know if it was sexual harassment. I just know that maybe it was just regular harassment, but right. she was abusive, not a good boss. Uh-huh. So that we thought, okay, that's bad. Uh, it's a woman. I can't remember her name. And then after a couple days after that, we found out she, right before she was fired, had gone to the academy mm-hmm. with blown whistles or whistles to yeah, blow saying right. i've heard from this person this person this person this organization is bad it's a bad working environment right so Changes need to it's be made. a she said they the corporate they said right we don't know what it is but maybe taylor swift is like oh, i'm just gonna skip this one right i'm just gonna skip this one right so um i could see that as well um, so she won't be performing no. And this is after her hard won. We won't, We know more about this than this. The, the yeah, theme know, of this right? show is we're lying about not knowing stuff. <laughs> Don't ever do that. Right. Be the know-it-all everybody hates. Right. It's worked for me so far. Yeah. Uh, that she's fought this one, a hard won battle against yes. uh, Ben Pickles or whoever, whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who apparently owns all of her songs and won't let right. her play them. But she, she can now play them. Yes. And sing them. So... We don't get a show, though. No, so. I know. So that's kind of disappointing. And well, you it didn't... was like a last minute change, too. Yeah. And you didn't answer my question at all. Uh, my question was, oh, um, <laughs> who's famous? Oh, I said I said Lizzo. Right. Um, and then you said Taylor Swift. And then I said, said Taylor Swift. Swift. I did say T-Swift. Right. Um, okay. Who else is really big right now? Billie Eilish. Right. Um, this is Billie Eilish's first... Not the Hannah first Grammys, but her first nomination, and she's nominated for just about everything: Song okay. of the Year, um, Album of the Year, mm-hmm. probably Best New Artist. Sure, uh, Lil Nas X, maybe Lil Nas X. Yeah, he's nominated for many of those same things. Okay, um, those would be my 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 big guesses. His uh, video, uh, along with Billy Ray Cyrus, uh, did win for Best Music Video. That's cool. It's uh, not a great music video. No? It's okay. The, the joke, I think the joke wears thin real fast. Because the uh, joke is, he's a young black dude. Yeah. Uh, with gold chains or whatever. Sure. And he's riding down uh, perhaps the titular road. And the road is just a typical side street in what looks to be a southern town. Sure. And so he's in full cowboy regalia. He's in this like kind of chocolate brown uh, sort of Roy Rogers get up. Mm-hmm. And then he's riding by all the like the homies, and they're like, all their jaws are like, what? <laughs> and they're like taking pictures of him, and he's like, what's going on? I'm a cowboy guy, right? And right. then it's just like him standing, you know, with people in the neighborhood, and maybe doing a little boot scoop boogie, and sure, that sort of thing. Okay, it's okay, but it's not earth shattering. Some yeah, it's not some T Swift, you know, Fantasia. If she's a cyberpunk or something like right, that. Right, right, okay. <laughs> Well, I'll skip over the uh, chorale performances. Uh, oh, best okay. classical. I love that they hand out best classical. That is, what, what does really, that even uh, mean? Yeah, you're really working working hard there. Wow. Uh, but the winner of best production uh, in engineering for non classical music was uh, the uh, uh, God. This is this is so great. I'm doing a good job here. Uh, don't hire me, Grammy. Uh, when we all fall asleep, where do we go? The uh, album by Billie Eilish. Oh, okay, sure. Not right. her uh, debut album, not her first album. Oh, well, I think we talked about yeah. last week mm-hmm. how she had a sort of um, pop princess be- uh, beginnings or uh, ambitions uh-huh. before it was like, ah, screw it, let's uh, punch me in the face. Right. 
<laughs> my accessory will be blood. Right, right. Yeah. Um, which apparently was the right move to make because now she's huge. So. Yeah, stab me in the back with about a million needles and that'd be pretty good. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else we got here? Um, <laughs> Moon River, that's not a thing. Uh, best composing for instrumental composing, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Symphonic Suite. So wow. I'm assuming this is music. You play at a theme park. Okay. The Simpsons are right. These are not awards. <laughs> These awards do not mean anything. Here's something else. Uh, Chernobyl's won best score uh, for visual media. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I... Best compilation soundtrack for visual media was A Star is Born. Okay. Which is still in the running somehow. How is that even possible? It doesn't. Macy Gray won Best New Artist. She'd been singing for 15 years up to that point. Yeah. So nothing yeah, makes any sense. I and know. these aren't real awards. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, do you want to know who the, the best traditional blues album was? Sure. Tall, Dark, and Handsome by Delbert McClinton and the Self Made Men. Okay. These are probably all pre air awards, right? Probably. Hand these out. Yeah. They're best Latin rock radio station. Okay. Elmar Curer. All right. This is a bad idea. It doesn't mean anything to me. It's a bad idea. You think so? Let's look at the top categories and you give me your picks and we'll try mm. to make a, make something out of this. Okay, all right. Some kind of sow's purse out of this silkier. <laughs> uh, the best new age. No, okay. Uh, best country album. Okay. Let's not start with country because oh. there's going to be a lot of country all here. All right, all right. Although I will say that Willie Nelson won best country solo performance for uh, Ride Me Back Home. Okay, his, cool. He's single. And um, that's another guy we got to... Watch out. Don't get on a helicopter. Don't get on an elevator. Wow. All right. Willie had had a scare recently, and he announced that he is uh, not smoking weed anymore. You're kidding. I know, right? And then I want... I I I kind of can't believe it. Yeah. And he's like, edibles all the way. No, that's the joke. (laughs) But I I wish I had the real information, because clearly he's going to do something, right? Right. I would think so. (laughs) Come on. How long has he been smoking pot? Like, probably most of his life. Listen. Yes. Who's going to win best rap album? Is it Dreamville, Meek Mill, 21 Savage, Tyler the Creator, or YBN Corday? Wow. I am not familiar with any of those artists. Most of them are SoundCloud rappers, so uh, uh, I don't know why you would know. This is why we need Tara. Yeah, because like, Tara has more of a finger on the heart of a lot of this music stuff. Um, Don't touch I, people's hearts. I, it's okay. Unsanitary. All right. Um, uh, I don't know the first one. <laughs> the first one. <laughs> Revenge of the Dreamers. Yeah. Dreamville. Yeah. Uh, Dreamville's going to break up, I heard. Uh oh. <sighs> I don't know how I know this stuff. How do you know this stuff? YouTube. Okay. I just pipe YouTube into my brain 24 7. Just like have it on in the background and like you hear random stories. And eventually, stories. yeah, you, you know, you watch a couple of Anthony Fantano uh, videos and you're all set. Okay. All right. Screw Tara. Wow. Uh, she's nothing guru. Tara. <laughs> wow. How about best R&B song? Okay. <laughs> what is, no, here's what I want to know. What's R&B now? Because rap, uh, rap and bullshit. Yeah. Because no. uh, rap um, and R&B, separate, right? Yeah. So it's not, uh, R&B is going to be no face tattoos or mm-hmm. like minimal face tattoos. Mm-hmm. Well, then I don't know any of these acts. Uh, yeah, okay, great. Well, I'm not, if you don't know them, I'm definitely Emily not King and Jeremy Most? Nope. Emily, oh, okay. I see. They're the songwriters. So the act is Emily King. Oh, okay. Chris Brown featuring Drake. I guess I know them. No. Lucky Day, <laughs> PJ Morton. Featuring JoJo. Okay. 
Should we go up to White People Music? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> White People Music, best rock oh performance. Uh, Bones UK, Gary Clark Jr., Brittany Howard, Karen O, and Danger Mouse, or Rival Sons? I think the Wait, only one I've I thought heard it was of, Rival Schools. I think the only one I've ever heard of is Danger Mouse. Karen O? I've never heard of Karen O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have. No, I haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- you think I have? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing a thing. I like that you know that I'm doing a thing, but you don't know what the thing is. No, I don't know what the thing is. It's, it's a very positive thing, whatever it is. Maybe we can get you some maps. Oh, okay. All right. I don't know. You're you're still doing a thing, but I just don't <laughs> is know it the what way it is. That I hold my gaze and, and I slightly tilt my head. Yes. And I yes. give you the, the big you give eyes. Give the eyes like, right. huh? Huh? Make yeah, yeah, a connection. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> The yeah, yeah, yes. The yeah, yeah, yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's the sound of ignorant laughter. We we have to move on, don't we? This yeah, is this is worthless. This is this is, this <laughs> this is, is bad. I, I I don't know enough to even make a decision. How so. about let's let's try this. We've got best new artist, best uh, the song of the year, album of the year. What's album of the year? Record of the year? What's the difference? That is a very good question. I don't know that there is a difference. Call up Tara. Uh, best new artist. Here we go. Black Pumas. Okay. Billie Eilish. Okay. Lil Nas X, okay. Lizzo, uh-huh. Maggie Rogers, yeah. Rosalia, Tank and the Bangas, or Yola. That's a lot of artists for, for that category. I mean, I would pick Lizzo, but I kind of think it might end up being... But either... even you know, she's not... What is new artist? I, I know. She, she had albums before this yeah. album that came out this past year. Right. Uh, so... I knew she was nominated for this category because I the, heard that. You but... can sit with us award. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I would vote Lizzo, but I think it may end up going to Lil Nas X or Billie Eilish. That's kind of what I think. I think Billie Eilish is going to get it. You think so? Because she's in a plant. Because she's, she's an industry plant. She's an industry plant. This is also wow. some of the gossip that I know. Wow. It could be Lil Nas X. It's... What he has accomplished is incredible. Yeah. And I think I was telling you the story yeah. uh, about him earlier, uh, about how like it was, he he was living with his sister and he, he really wanted to be a musician and a rapper and he created this track that he put on like TikTok or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then he finally like got it produced, you know, into a full album or, or a, a full uh, uh, cut. And it did, you know, okay, not great. And then he did this remix with Billy Ray Cyrus and it was like huge. huge. Or actually, yeah. no, it, it was good the first time because it was he was he was on the country chart, and they pulled him from the country chart because they're like, "This isn't country enough." And then it's like, "Where's my daughter?" Like, and wow. suddenly it's like now suddenly it's country enough. Yeah, but right. it's also been on the top of the Billboard for thirty weeks, mm-hmm. and it's like the most successful song of all time. It's kind of screw insane. you, Paul McCartney. Yeah. yeah. So, just for that, like, if it's all about money, like he should probably win. Right. All right, well, Lizzo, vote for you, it looks like. Yeah. Uh, Song of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Always Remember Us This Way by Lady Gaga. Bad Guy for Billie Eilish. Bring My Flowers Now, Tanya Tucker. Hard Place from H.E.R., maybe just her. Lover from Taylor Swift. Norman Effin Rockwell from Lana Del Rey. <laughs> Someone You Loved, Louis Capaldi. And Truth Hurts from Lizzo. Well, I'm a Lizzo fan, so I would vote Lizzo, but I think Billie Eilish is going to win this one again. Yeah, she, um, she is going to win it. Uh, so that that's that's kind of what I think. Um, uh, wow. 
there are so many people nominated in these categories. It's like, it's insane to me. That's more than five. So, like, I don't understand. Are there more songs than there are movies? And the answer is yes. Yeah, kind of seems that way. Every movie, if an album is a movie, Mm. it has 11 songs on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, they're not all singles, Mm -hmm. but still. Uh, Album of the Year. I, I by Bonnie Iver. Norman Evering Rockwell, Lana Del Rey, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go, Billie Eilish, Thank You, Next, Ariana Grande, I Used to Know Her, Her, oh, I see, Seven from Lil Nas X, Cause I Love You, uh, The Deluxe, I guess, from Lizzo, mm-hmm. or Father of the Bride from Vampire Weekend. Uh, I think Billie Eilish is going to take this one, too. <laughs> I just think Billie I'll Eilish tell you this is going to win. Everything. I I know Old Town Road. I don't know anything else off of Seven. Right. But I know almost all of When We All Fall Asleep because that is a solid album. Right, right. Um, it's just so minimalist. I can't believe that we... Despacito, you know what I mean? Like everybody else, Lizzo, everybody else on this thing yeah. in music these days, there's just so much production. Uh, there is a lot of production in her music and her album, but it's so minimalist and it's just so every song is like this i do this this <laughs> and then it's like that's that's all her music is right right i'm not saying it's bad it's just not no you got brandon yuri over here like having a stroke <laughs> yeah yeah I, I hear what you're saying not nominated by the uh, way yeah i know it's too bad but i don't think so um okay yeah. There we go. I think Billie Eilish is That's where take we go. a lot of albums. Home. Now, when our audience falls asleep, yeah. where do they go? <laughs> Who can answer that? Um, I guess our audience can answer Did that. Did you know that Studio Ghibli films are coming to Netflix if you are not in North America? Oh, oh that's a huge if. Uh, no, I did not know that. Uh, there are more people outside of America than there are in America. Uh, okay. All right. But that doesn't. I guess I'm just upset because personally, because that doesn't affect me. For me personally? Yeah. I live in North America. (laughs) Here's a story that you sent me uh, for some reason, really Mm. excited about it. Mm. Uh, That season two of Altered Carbon is coming out on February 27th of this year. Yeah. Well. Why why do you care? Um, because uh, Anthony Mackie is going to be the lead now. Um. Remember that Anthony Mackie movie that we watched? Chris Evans, Anthony Mackie. Yeah somebody's got to get some love or something like that. Yeah. I, remember, I remember how, I remember, remember that terrible, terrible film. Yeah. Okay. Did you ever see Pain and Gain? No. Then I guess you're not the biggest Anthony Mackie fan, are you? <laughs> but you're going to subject yourself to another mind-numbingly terrible Netflix show because Anthony Mackie's in it. I don't know. I just thought I would give it a shot. That doesn't mean... You I'm gave like, it a shot. Yeah, I you know. You gave it 10 shots or how I many episodes? I watched the are... entire first season. Yeah. And how many times did you go, no, no, why, no. How many pubes do I need to see in yeah, my life? I know. And you're like, no, start it up again. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just a good I've read punishment. all three books that the series is based on and yeah. they don't get any better. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Although they like didn't the do book... justice to the first book. So... so you don't think the books are that good? Or you think the, the first books... book is... Is okay. It's a fine sci-fi, you know, noirish story, clearly written, you know, for hey, this would be a great adaptation. Mm. The next two books are not good. Oh, okay. Well, that doesn't make me want to read it or anything. And maybe, but watching it, thumbs up. Um, I don't know. Um, maybe I won't end up watching it. I guess maybe you're kind of talking me out of it. 
So good. I don't know. Cool. <laughs> Let's talk Marvel Hulu shows. Let's. Good news, bad news. Mm. Now you tell me what do you want the good news first or the bad news first? Oh, I want the good news first. Uh, it looks like uh, Modoc, the uh, Hulu series, oh. has been ordered straight to series. Yes, I, I heard about that. Although there's still time to burn the studio down and mm. kill everybody working on it to, to, see, to get rid of the show. And of course, Pat Oswalt is yes, Pat yeah. Oswalt is um, I assume playing the uh, titular uh, Modoc. Yes, I I went through the the list what am i telling you for um if you know then what's the point oh that's right the listeners might not know who is the actor who is on parks and rec who's also lending his voice to that ben schwartz uh no it what maybe he's the guy who's like he's like really irritating and he's always doing stuff with ben um, schwartz yes yeah john raffio yeah john raffio thank you yeah i think he's playing one of our show isn't canceled yeah because Howard the Duck and Tigra and Dazzler have been canceled. Whoa. Why? That was the bad news. Yeah, that is bad news. After Tigra and Dazzler's reorganizing, post-firing oh, yeah. the entire thing. We thought that was bad. Yeah. But I, okay. If I was Patton Oswalt, I wouldn't make any big purchases. Do you know what I mean? This yeah. could still, the bottom could drop out of this at any second, I think. Well, I want to know. They canceled all it. the other shows, and why is this one going forward? Because Pat Oswalt is a producer on it as well. Um, it tests the best as far as like nobody knows who Tigra and Dazzler are. Mm-hmm. Now, if you put to, if you just took the broke girls and you made them Tigra and Dazzler, I'm sure the show would do fine. Yeah, because people would follow that. But like, it's Howard the Duck is a big ask as yeah. a show. It's a big ask as a comic book. Yeah. I you know, know, they rebooted it with Chip Zdarsky a little while ago, and I don't you don't hear that it's like doing gangbuster sales. So no. these are all risks. And, you know, so was making Arrow. Right. And honestly, the first season was not that great, but they kept doing it. And now we've got Crisis on Infinite Earths. Right. So you got to start somewhere. Yeah, exactly. But I just think that Hulu as a brand is... But, right? Nobody... Hulu is not anybody's idea of television excellence right no i don't think so right. I, i'm just kind of confused as to why like disney is okay with this one show being on hulu and they're like pulled everything else are they just trying to refocus and build on disney plus like is that what they're doing yeah okay all right hulu is that side bet where they bought a controlling interest then basically by proxy bought a bigger controlling interest but it's just the money coming in mm-hmm. you know that's like the uh i don't know like let's say that you owned several businesses around town sure and you owned a couple mcdonald's mm-hmm. you don't really care how they're doing you just know people eat mcdonald's and so it just constantly comes in but your mm-hmm. project is you want to make a whiskey bar downtown so you're going to set up this whiskey you're going to buy the best whiskeys you're going to get the best hardwood decorations <laughs> sure no i don't know anything about whiskey bars um that's something that we could try to talk about for half an hour uh <laughs> right and you're putting all your this is all we got to make this work but it's like yeah but the mcdonald's is doing fine right so i think they just take that for granted how do what's tiger and dazzler tiger and dazzler is putting pizza in mcdonald's mm-hmm. you go that's a good idea and then it's like wait a minute let's just serve hamburgers yeah right we, we don't need that. We don't need to add pizza to the roster. Right. But unlike McDonald's, for some reason, maybe it's because it keeps your body alive. People do get sick of entertainment, TV shows and movies, if they're boring and the same thing. 
That's true. And so getting, say, oh, I don't know, a Captain Marvel 2? Yeah. That's in development? Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh, when we reach Captain Marvel 4, people are going to be like, no more Captain Marvel. Right, right, right. Um, that makes sense. Um, okay, Captain Marvel 2 is in development. I hadn't heard that, but um, that makes sense. So phase four, I'm guessing. Mm. Mm. I don't know. Oh, okay. It, literally, the story is it's in development. So don't know anything oh, that's else. that's it. Okay. Uh, I think we talked about how uh, Bad Boys 4 is in development because nothing makes sense anymore. Right. They green with that. So okay. Yeah. Uh, we talked about uh, Terry Jones passing away. Um, um, did we talk about that in detail? Well, I mentioned it at the beginning of the you show. You did mention it but, at the beginning. Uh, yeah, it did happen. Um, a lot of uh, his coworkers and friends said a lot of nice things about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to talk about Too Young? He was 77. Yeah, it's uh, still pretty young. He uh, had struggled with uh, dementia and um, I think I'd heard that. something. I don't want to put a finger on it, like a heart, Mm-mm. but uh, something de- de- degenerative for yes. a long time. So, And he not only was um, a part of Monty Python, but he helped... Uh, he helped direct or directed some of their movies. Um, I think he like co-directed was a Holy Grail and then directed Life of Brian. Is that right? Yes, it, he was the quiet one. Sure, he was the George. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I don't who, know if that's true. <laughs> Insofar as anybody who, could be the George, because uh, there's <laughs> okay. Let's do it. Oh boy, six pythons. Who's who? Oh God, I don't know. Uh, John Cleese is uh, Paul McCartney. Uh, that is absolutely wrong. Eric Idle is the Paul McCartney. Oh, okay. I'm not going to be very good at this. Graham Chapman, 100%. John Lennon. Okay. Um, who is... Uh... Terry Gilliam is, is Ringo. Oh, okay. Who's John Cleese then? That's what we're here to find out. Oh, okay. Is he like one of the Beatles who... who... Terry Jones was uh, George Martin, let's say. Okay. Okay. Um, so let's say maybe like a Billy Preston. Is okay. Michael Palin Billy Preston? I don't know. Because if Michael Palin is Billy Preston, mm-hmm. then John Cleese can be George uh, George Harrison. Oh, okay. I don't know. It's hard, right? No, like, it's not that hard. I think uh, I just I just knocked it out. Right. I just knocked it out in forty five seconds. It wasn't hard at all. All right, never not mind for then. this guy. Okay. Know nothing about music. Let's talk about The Witcher. Something I actually do know nothing about. <laughs> Netflix has had a smashing success. I know. Uh, with The Witcher. So so much so that they want you to know how good it's doing. And so they have revealed recently that uh, 76 million people have watched the show. But here's the catch. Hmm. 76 million households. The only metric for them being included in having, quote unquote, watched it is that they saw two minutes of it. Oh, that's okay. Well, your dog could be channel surfing and like watch two minutes of The Witcher and that counts. (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) I was just going to say that Netflix's statement said that the two-minute time period is meant to be, quote, long enough to indicate the choice was intentional, end quote, which I thought was funny. But the idea of a dog just channel surfing is also funny. And then maybe at that point, he's like, hit the hydrant, got to go. And then it stays on. And he comes back and he's like, what is this crap? And his little paw smashes the button and he switches to something else. That counted. That's right. Well, because of this success, they have greenlit an anime that will oh, take place in the world of, yeah, well, it's Netflix, so everything's an anime, right? Can't wait for the Peaky Blinders anime. Uh, oh, Billy Kimba. Uh, boop, 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 boop. Uh, yeah. So 
just so much more Witcher coming. It, well, it'll okay. never end. But Your life will never like, be free of the Witcher. I, I know that, that when you produce an anime, it, it takes longer than you would think because you have to actually freaking animate it. And um, I guess that's true. And the the Witcher season two, I know people are upset because it's not going to be in 2020. The earliest it's going to be is 2021. Um, so I know that people are upset about that. So it's not as if they're going to have an anime in between that time, most likely, is what I'm thinking. So it's not like a tied them over sort of thing. So it's kind of a, okay, they're just, they're just uh, like, this is successful, so we're going to make an anime out of it. Why don't they make an anime out of Stranger Things then? That's what I want to know. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> we have to delete this show. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. I've got a murder-suicide us that can't leave this room. <laughs> That is absolutely going to happen. And they try to get the original actors, you know, it's like, sure. but L, what about all these stranger things? <laughs> I shouldn't have said a name because then I could have revealed that that was L. <laughs> Their voices are changing. They're getting older. They are. Yes. You know who else's voice is going to change? Who? Tom Holland. Oh boy. That's why it's bad news that Uncharted has been pushed back on the Sony release schedule. Now this is just the release schedule. Yeah. It was, it's been pushed back. To, I don't know, late 2021, maybe early 2022. Mm-hmm. How long is it going to take to make this thing? I don't know. He's going to be swinging from vines and stuff, right? I would this think is, so. You're getting a lot of uh, CG in this. Yeah. So how much lead time do they need? A good question. Maybe yeah. they are waiting for him to like... <laughs> Get older? I'm, I'm Nathan Drake. <laughs> so Instead the casting makes more sense? Instead of what it's going to be. Yeah. 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 So um, that is bad news for Sony, but isn't it all bad news for Sony? Yeah. Bad news for Sony. Unless it's that's... Into the Spider-Verse, which right. just won at the Grammy Awards. Oh, wow. Okay. I don't know if that's true. Let's talk about some <laughs> weird stuff that's h- tough to talk about. Ready? Yes. Because <laughs> everything's been great up to this point. All right, P. Kobe. Uh, Rosario Dawson is going to star in a pilot for HBO Max, directed by Ava DuVernay, okay. based on the comic book DMZ. Now, right. Okay. you're not going to remember DMZ. No. It was pretty famous uh, maybe um, a decade ago okay. or so. It's not really actually all that famous now because the writer behind it, mm-hmm. Brian Wood, is yeah. um, basically, uh, you know, he's a rapist. Oh, awesome. <laughs> well, watch us get sued. Yeah. Allegedly. Okay. He's definitely somebody who has been uh, highlighted um, specifically, you know, five, six years ago when there was a big push for this in the industry. Mm. Uh, They have their own little Me Too moment. And a lot of people were speaking out about the shit that was going on. Mm. And uh, he was uh, he was one of them. Okay. Now, I haven't seen any statements from Rosario Dawson or Ava DuVernay about this, but they seem like people who should not be doing this. And I'm sure right. if there are statements, they'll be along the lines of, even though, comma, we feel that this. Well, yeah, it's I like mean, why? Why do you already know? I didn't say any words, and you already know that that's what the statement's going to be because that's just what people do. Yeah. Why not well, just go? You know what? I don't want to do this. Right. Well, you you would think that both of those individuals um, are fairly socially conscious, so wouldn't they do their research? Before signing on to do something no, like No, your this. agent hands you something and says, this would be great for you. Who's it from? HBO. Ding, ding, ding. Max. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess I'll do it. Wow. 
All right. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, that you, you don't want to hear about like problematic creators getting. But I guess that happens all the time. Problematic creators had, getting their work produced. So yeah. Well, uh, next p- part two. Oh, boy. Uh, so the we talked before about the Oprah Winfrey documentary and how it was it was being pulled. Yes. Uh, from Sundance or from distribution on. HBO or whatever. Mm -hmm. We're really good at this. Uh, Well, apparently the woman who was part of the documentary who was accusing Russell Simmons, one of his accusers, there are many, speaking of problematic creators, uh, she says that Oprah Oprah Winfrey had removed material, you know, related to her case or her situation from the documentary. How would she know that? Did she get like a early screening or something like that? Of the Read the Variety article. Okay. <laughs> I'm just pointing this All out right. in a general way. All right. Because it's related to sci-fi. Mm. Don't, uh, it's not. The only no, way this not. is related to sci-fi is Oprah Winfrey was in that Madeline Langle movie. That okay. Saw. All right. Fine. <laughs> I just think I that since we uh, have a social justice pillar on our platform, yeah, uh, we I should know. talk about this kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, if she did do that, that's bad, but, um, well, we've got a situation where, and believe women and she's a whistleblower and it's important to hear her, but you know, she's not editing this. She's not no, in the boardrooms where they're making these decisions. This? But yeah. remember that Oprah as wonderful and as committed to this sort of thing, being a victim of this yes. sort of thing that she yeah. is also is a, a business person? Oh. just like, yeah. Just like Rosario Dawson is, mm-hmm. just like Ava DuVernay is. Mm-hmm. So, do you think that there um, there's credibility to that statement? I don't know. Okay. Do you want to look into it and then have a real fun time next week talking about Not it? Not particularly. I mean, we could see the documentary. Yeah, we'll go down to Sundance. Okay, just head down there, <laughs> get in the. Well, we'll walk. Why drive? Yeah. It's such a nice day. Okay, all right. Maybe we'll talk about this uh, more in the future. And then the most problematic person of all, Uh-oh. Obi-Wan, has had his show cut down Uh-oh. and canceled. Obi-Wan? I don't know why he's problematic. I'm just trying to make a three out of this. Uh, the Disney Plus Obi-Wan show has been cut to four episodes. Whoa. And in addition to being cut, is not being produced right now. It's on hold indefinitely. Wow. Okay. Why did they make that decision? And like four episodes? I'm thinking episodes? talks broke down with Ewan McGregor. Wow. Like he didn't want to commit to a longer series or something like that? That or he is a very successful, very busy, busy actor um, who doesn't need to do your little TV show. Well, I mean, that's Sorry, true. Sorry, Paul Bettany. But like he, you know, he was on, um, uh, what's the name of that TV show? Fargo. Fargo. Yes. Thank you. Fargo. He was on Fargo and that was, I'm sure that was more than four episodes. With... He was doing them a favor because it's a bunch of other, it's uh, Billy Bob Thornton, it's uh, Mary uh, Wyatt Winstead, Elizabeth Winstead. It's a bunch of actors who are like, I'll do prestige TV, sure. Right. And I think that he was probably more like, I'll do a a very interesting part where I get double the screen time because I'm playing twins and and I'm coming in in the fifth season of this very successful show. This is Lady Gaga doing American Horror Story. Right, right, right. This is like, he's like a guest, a special guest. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. So Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't really know the details on this because um, nobody is really forthcoming. And why should they be? (laughs) But the crew's been sent home and production has stopped. Wow. Production is going to start on an adaptation of Shogun. At okay. FX. 
All right. Um, the the books. The best-selling novel by James Clavell, uh-huh. which is oh, 50, 60 years old by now. It's up there. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. This is seen as a readaptation. Now, does readaptation mean making it less problematic? Ooh, I am not so familiar with the original story, so I don't know how it's problematic, but... It's basically everything that you roll your eyes at in a Tom Cruise movie. Oh, okay. Right? Is, First is of it, all... Is it a white person being a Shogun? Written guy. Okay. It, yeah. No, right. he's... No, it's not... Uh, he's not the titular Shogun. Uh, okay. The character Blackthorn is a... I'm going to say English, because it sounds pretty English, but he's a sailor who, you know, shipwrecks or whatever, and this is the, the pre... Uh, Meiji era. This is in mm-hmm. the middle of the uh, Edo era, mm-hmm. and of course, in many cases, it is um, death to foreigners. You know, they don't yes. allow anybody on their soil. Right. They're for not some open. reason, he's taken in by somebody. He is, of course, a noble guy who can sh- shogun as better as good as any samurai. Oh boy! And so he, you know, be- gains honor and sort of rises up in the ranks. Sure. And I think the shogun is actually a bad guy. I think he they sort of clash. Oh, okay. All right. But I, I know a little more about music than I do about Shogun. Oh, I was going to ask if you And there's read like it. six other books. Or I something. was going to say. It's a series. Okay. No, I, I always mean to read it. But then as um, the Arc of Justice, is it is it heading up still or is it coming back down? I have no idea. We know it's long. Uh-huh. But as it continues in its path, I go, do I want to read that? Does it matter at all? Oh, okay. I'll just watch that Tom Cruise movie. Um, so maybe not as relevant as it once was. No, I don't think it's relevant at all. Oh, Okay. <laughs> You know what's remained relevant? What? I'm, I'm just hot on the transitions today because uh, mm-hmm. it's all we've got. Uh, what has remained relevant uh, yeah. low these 60 years? What? Bambi. And that's why wow. it's getting a live action remake. No! <laughs> They're going to do what they did with The Lion King. They're just going to like make it look like electronic animals, aren't they? Isn't that what they're going to do? You're goddamn right. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't want this. Stop. Disney, stop. But they're not going to, are they? Should they stop before or after their live action Little Mermaid? Or well, because that's they decided, in the works, I know. Or because Alrighty. they decided that their characters weren't dead-eyed enough. Robert Zemeckis' live action Pinocchio. Oh my gosh, of course. I was just thinking Pinocchio. I was trying to think of what else haven't they done yet. that they. Well, there's some classic princess stories that they have not done yet. Like keep going. Snow White. Mark Webb will be directing a live action version of Snow White and the Seven no. Dwarfs. <laughs> Sleeping Beauty. It is it dwarfs or dwar- dwarves is correct. Dwarves, it's plural. This says dwarfs. To IMDB. It, 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 it's with a V. I know it is the Vamp. plural. Um. So and and Cinderella. Uh. So we don't have Sleeping Beauty or Cinderella yet, but those are some other um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. With an F, really? 1937. I thought it was with a V. <laughs> there you go. Shows you what I know. So do what do we do here? Because it's already CGI up the ass. Oh. Do we call up Jonathan Rice Davies and or do we? It's Peter Dinklage waiting by the phone. Is what oh, I'm God. I don't I, I think it would be better if it was like actors that were actual little people as opposed to CGI. Why not? What you do know? you mean, why not CG? No, wh- why not do what you're suggesting? 
Uh, I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Um. I just think it makes more sense. Um. And there, there, there have been little people actors in Hollywood for a long time. So just give them some work. You know, there's seven dwarves. Let's work for seven actors. You know, um, actors. Yes. So what about I, an eighth? super sexy dwarf and she's not like the other dwarf. No, I don't Dwarfs. like that. Whatever. <laughs> you with the sad heart. Don't be discouraged. The old folk have gone away and foreigners do not like to live there. French Canadians have tried it. Italians have tried it, and the Poles have come and departed. If you sat H.P. Lovecraft down in front of a typewriter, yes, they had them back then. I see him writing longhand, though, with a quill, don't you? Yeah, yeah. And you put a musket to his head, and you said, Mr. Lovecraft, I'm glad to see you've made it okay. You must write a story. If that story contains any racial slurs or stereotypes, we will empty this musket into your head. <laughs> Click, clack, and click, 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 no. and I, G, Edward, 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 just, and then the sound of a musket report as the screen goes black. Yeah. Mm. You want, you started, we started with problematic creators. We're going to end with problematic creators. We're talking about H.P. Lovecraft and his 1927 story, The Color Out of Space. <laughs> it was originally published in another problematic guy's... Uh, no, excuse me. Sorry. Got that backward. Oh, what? Uh, it was published in Hugo Gernsback's Amazing Stories. Now, don't look into Hugo Gernsback's history. We, we don't want to look back in there. Uh, okay. Uh, it's not quite as bad as uh, John W. Campbell. Oh, boy. Uh, who published... Uh, uh, what was it? Astonishing? Or Astounding Science Fiction. Uh-huh. There's Amazing, there's Astounding. Um. But anyway, uh, yeah, H.P. Lovecraft, uh, great, great guy. Uh, great guy. Complicated guy. Mm, not that complicated. <laughs> Just uh, d- overprivileged. Problematic creator. Depressed and really in love with his mom. Uh, what's problematic is Guillermo del Toro's love of him. It's just like. He yeah. only exists because of H.P. Lovecraft. You go, what about Stoker? What about, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But he's he, had he doesn't, a lot of influence. He's got a, right. He doesn't have a life-size realistic statue of Bram Stoker. No, he doesn't. Uh, Bram Stoker, super problematic too. Bram oh, Stoker would have read Lovecraft stuff and went, there's not enough stuff in here about poles. <laughs> when are you going to really take it to the poles? Well, one thing I thought, there's a lot of things as problematic as he was. There are some interesting things in his past. One of them being he was married for a time to a Jewish lady. And while he was married to her, he apparently became increasingly anti-Semitic. Well, I'm with him on that one. Wait a minute. Um, But so that's really crappy. So I think that they, needless to say, drifted apart. Um, And um, Honey, did you feed N-word man? Oh, I've gosh. told you. I know. I know. He only likes the wet stuff. I know. Like, I was reading a thing, and I think it was just, it was 
trying to be mostly positive. It's like, we can't talk about H.P. Lovecraft without talking about his love of cats. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, that was, you snatched that from the jaws of racism at the last second. Wow. I didn't know where you were going with that. Oh, I thought I knew where you were going with that. Do you think he would have liked the movie Cats? Or do you think he would be terrified by it? And it would... Well, be the stuff on, of nightmares, and he would yeah. create more stories about cats. It all depends movie. on uh, what you consider to be. First of all, we show him Francesca Hayward without any makeup on, and if it's thumbs up, then he would have liked cats. But if it's thumbs down, she's 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 a, a, a half black, half black. Yeah, right. I knew that. <laughs> but I mean, doesn't really, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, all right, Halle Berry, help us, help wow. us, Halle Berry. Yeah. Wow, we got lost real fast, <laughs> which is why I wanted to do this at the very beginning because okay. I don't we can't just go fire up a discussion of anything H.P. Lovecraft without doing this first. We have to. And we've yeah. done it now. Yeah. And so without uh condoning, you know, the man's views, we're going to yes. appreciate the um the lyrical pose that uh, pose he wanted to be Pose, uh, prose. That yes. was that was Freudian. Uh, yeah. That he created in his short stories. Yes, uh, which were, yeah, published in these pulp magazines of the time. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, the guy's really good. Yeah, he's I know. really good at this. Mm-hmm. And but here's the difference. Here's the dividing line between understanding he's good and having a problem. And yeah. that is, uh, you know, everybody, myself included, discovered. Lovecraft at a certain age and read, devoured all his stories. We all have that paperback collection of his stories with the weird painting, you know, with all the, you know, b- b- bloody hands and whatever and mm-hmm. eyeballs. Uh, and then and then you uh, know what you know about him and you go, I hope that if I ever get a chance to update something of his, I'll make sure that the main character is black. Uh, or you can just continue to never shut up about how great he is. And then defend him every time somebody brings this up. Right. That that's the wrong way to go. The yep. right way is the first thing I mentioned. Yes. And so that's what we're doing. Yes. Are you ready to move on? Um, I just wanted to mention one other thing that I found kind of terrifying and awful, but like it makes sense. <laughs> I well I refuse to try and predict where this is going to go. It's not as terrifying and awful maybe as as his um his racism, but um as his wife. He he like apparently was got inspiration from his stories from his own night terrors like sure. that was what inspired his stories and i'm like oh gosh sure. okay dark so but he his stories are dark so. yeah totally well balanced guy <laughs> we should definitely name an award after oh boy yeah Get that john w campbell award too yeah uh, yep. anyway so he wrote this story uh, it's been adapted many times. Mm-hmm. It's been adapted five times as a film. Really? That many times? Yes. Okay. Uh, a film called Die, Monster, Die in 1965. Okay. A film called The Curse, starring Will Wheaton in 1987. Color from the Dark, which I there's no link on Wikipedia, so I'm assuming that this is like a smaller scale production, mm. as was the German film Color Out of Space, or Die Farbe, in 2010, which is... What used to come up when you Googled Color Out of Space, mm-hmm. now Color Out of Space yes. 2020 by Richard Stanley comes yes. up. Um, I want to talk fast about the story because yeah. fast is, is the way it's going to be because it's a pretty short story, like a yeah, lot of is. his short stories. Yeah. Um, and I don't want to um, 
discredit it or, or overlook it because it's short, but you can get through it real fast. Yeah. And plus we're here to review um, the film. Yes. But uh, it, I think, and we're talking about tropes now, there are tropes, certain tropes in all of his short stories. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, almost always they are set. Arkham was his main if he was Stephen King. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. His castle rock. Right. So they're almost always set in the Northeast or at mm-hmm. least begin there. Uh, in a fictional town called yes. Arkham. Yes, that's where the Batman thing I came was going to ask you that, but yes. yeah, it uh, makes sense. Yep. Uh, and they're almost always feature um, a, a narrator who is narrating this, you know, or writing a letter or something mm-hmm. uh, in an epistolary style after the fact. Yes. Somebody always has to survive because right. he's writing the thing that's like, Dear Horror Forum, I never thought it would happen to me, but yeah. I had a three-way with Cthulhu. <laughs> uh, and so that's a character. And that character is sometimes, often a journalist, yeah, sometimes a scientist. Sure. But there's almost always scientists involved mm-hmm. who have to look at this thing and go, Right. And then those scientists often come from Miskatonic University, mm-hmm. which is a fictional university in mm-hmm. the Northeast. Which is his, where's your Batman comparison now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, right. Like um, his. That's Commissioner Gordon or something like that. Right. It's not all Batman. No, 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 no. Yeah. And so uh, that is all featured in this story. I yes. just described this story, basically. Yes. Uh, in this story, a young man who is a surveyor uh, for a water company or whoever owns the land, you yep. know, building dams, we're taming the wilderness, mm-hmm. uh, is checking out this area. And he describes uh, in great detail in the first part of the story how these these woods is evil. Yeah. Um, there are um, trees who's, who've never known the axe. There mm-hmm. are, you know, places in the woods that have never seen the sun. Right. And many of the people of the area are like, ooh, it's a, it's a wrong one. Like, don't go in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's already these, like, superstitions. And he brings up um, the witch stories of yeah. uh, places like Salem. Right. Uh, you know, of the area. Right. But he says, this is something different. This is older. And I'm sure he makes some comments about immigrants and stuff like that and like their old world superstitions or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and as the story unfolds, we learn that he is told a story that itself is a story that's being told to him yes. uh, by this old man named Ami mm-hmm. who lives in the area. And he used to know this family called the Gardeners. Yes. And they lived in this area that's now called the Blasted Heath. I know. Which itself, this is 1927. And you see a picture of this this noodle man like writing these things in his yeah. study in 1927. He calls out Blasted Heath as like that's a weird thing. To, what are we? What are you Shakespeare? We're calling it the Blasted Heath, right? And he's like, then I saw the Blasted Heath, yeah. And it was like somebody went back in time and created like that term for this place, right? And it's basically this five acre area, you know, in this sort of uh, woodsy sort of area, where the gardener household you know used to stand yes and now there there is nothing there yes except like a chalky ash that the wind um seems to not move it's Mm -hmm. just everything there trees plants animals whatever it's just been reduced to nothing Mm -hmm. and he learns this story from this old guy ami who used to live around there that uh one one day a meteorite hit the town yes and then we 
go slowly through this kind of inexorable tale about how at first it was like, that's weird. And then some scientists came out from the university and mm-hmm. like played with the meteor. And they're like, oh, Scala Galley's weird properties. We don't really understand. Right. And the guy that lived there was like, hey, this is pretty weird. A meteor, huh? That's crazy. It's strange. Right. My wife and my three kids. Right. And then as like the story goes on, there's just this get out you don't want to yell at the at this movie screen you know right nobody leaves and the the vegetation on the on the farmland you know goes bad uh it becomes huge but like tasteless and like vile and animals begin to act strangely yes and do things and you hear about like prints in the snow that don't like what's that from yes and the trees begin to like wave in a wind that's not there Mm -hmm. and all of it has this sort of at night there's this luminescence that is this color this indescribable color it's right purple it's purple (laughs) uh although i think lovecraft would have gone with green probably you think so yeah why because cthulhu is green or is he green I feel like most of the time when I see Cthulhu depicted, he's green. Yeah, but that's way after the fact. Uh, I suppose you're right. Uh, why Why green then? I, I said purple. Or oh. no, no, I said green. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. It just seems like that was the weird color in, in the 20s, right? Okay, fair that's enough. That's little green men. Alien stories uh, began to really take off right around that time that these uh, stories are being published. And mm-hmm. so I think just green was weird back then. Okay. We've had enough of green. So now purple's weird. Right. Right. Richard Stanley. <laughs> that's what I think. Okay. So that's what's going on. It gets bad. One by one, the family members seem to drop off. The wife goes crazy. He locks her in the attic, attic which upstairs. is what you did, I guess, in those days. Because remember, this story's take place takes place in the 1880s. Yes. Uh, even though the story is being related to us at the present time. Yes. In the 20s. Yeah. So this is a flashback to the old 80s. Yes. And, uh, you know, there's the, the townsfolk don't really take it seriously. But then, um, you know, one by one, they start to realize, yeah, we'll stay away from there. Nobody's going up yeah, to the garden over there. Nobody, yeah. nobody do that. And it's just weird. You don't know why there might be something. There's some magic in that old well. <laughs> uh, right. There's a well on the property. Um, the meteor disappears and sinks into um, the earth. Mm-hmm. And you get the idea that there's the earth is tainted and the water is tainted. Yes. And it all centers around this well. And we don't know why they won't leave. Right. I mean, maybe you don't have anywhere to go in the 1880s and you're poor and this is your only farm. But mm-hmm. they don't go anywhere or do anything. No. And then this another son goes crazy and they lock him up and everything is just... It's just terrible. Yeah. And uh, one by one, uh, like I said, they all disappear until it's basically just the father left. Yep. And this one last day, Ami and um, some of the people from the town uh, go to check on what's going on with these guys. Mm-hmm. And um, remember, he's locked the, the, the wife in the attic. Haven't yes. heard anything from her. We don't know. Um, a lot of the vegetation has begun to, it's described as crumble. Yeah. And I don't know what that means, but it becomes colorless and sort of crumbling. And I, and I just picture, like when you see a picture of um, like a desert, you know, this mm-hmm. this region has had drought for a long time. You see that cracked earth, you know, and everything's just yeah. dry. Yeah. I think of that, but like with living things somehow. Yeah. I, I just imagine it being like ashen, like, you know, like being devastated by a fire, but not being burnt, just being ash and then like crumbling. Yeah. 
Yeah. And uh, there's a passage that I actually I want to read um, because it has stuck with me, and it's one of the things that makes this my favorite Lovecraft story. Sure. Um, and I just can't get out of my head. Uh, but Ami uh, goes into the gardener house, and he's we got to check this place. You know, are is the family here? What's happening in this place? Mm-hmm. And he goes upstairs. He goes to the attic where there's some doors and he knows that the the wife is supposed to be in one of these rooms and he unlocks the door and opens it up and says it was quite dark inside for the window was small and half obscured by the crude wooden bars and Ami could see nothing at all on the wide planked floor the stench was beyond enduring and before proceeding further he had to retreat to another room and return with his lungs filled with breathable air when he did enter he saw something dark in the corner and upon it seeing more clearly he screamed outright While he screamed, he thought a momentary cloud eclipsed the window, and a second later he felt himself brushed as if by some hateful current of vapor. Strange colors danced before his eyes, and had not a present horror numbed him, he would have thought of the globule in the meteor that the geologist's hammer had shattered, and of the morbid vegetation that had sprouted in the spring. As it was, he thought only of the blasphemous monstrosity which confronted him, and which all too clearly had shared the nameless fate of young Thaddeus and the livestock. But the terrible thing about this horror was that it was very slowly and perceptibly moving as it continued to crumble. Ami would give me no added particulars to this scene, but the shape in the corner does not reappear in his tale as a moving object. There are things which cannot be mentioned, and what is done in common humanity is sometimes cruelly judged by the law. I gathered that no moving thing was left in that attic room, and that to leave anything capable of motion there would have been a deed so monstrous as to damn any accountable being to internal torment. Anyone but a stolid farmer would have fainted or gone mad, but Ami walked conscious through that low doorway and locked the accursed secret behind him. There would be Nahum to deal with now. He must be fed and tended and removed to some place where he could be cared for. Just this idea of described completely obliquely, nothing Mm -hmm. specific, which is another thing that Lovecraft also often does because you're not supposed to, how do you describe this Many of the characters in his stories are driven mad by what they have seen and cannot relate. Mm-hmm. But the idea of this perfect image of seeing this thing that is like a pile of rags, you know, is not even human. Right. Begin moving mm-hmm. because it is human. Right. And the guy just being like, not today, not today. And right. And just closes the door and locks right. it and just leaves. I know. And even the guy that's telling the story is like, you would judge this person as how could someone leave someone to moving. die? Yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah. unconscionable. But I don't know, man. It might have been the right call. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, that's just chill. I remember reading that on a summer's day. Yeah, in 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 a Missouri forest, and just mm-hmm. being chilled to the bone, uh, having read that. Yeah, and uh, the rest of the story, and we're just gonna spoil the story and eventually the movie. Yeah, uh, doesn't go great. No, uh, it there's, does not. After this happens and, and the day turns to night, that, that unearthly glow you know, returns and the trees are straining towards the heavens and everything seems to like, there's almost this orgasm of like light, basically, mm-hmm. where the light shoots up into the clouds and out of the well and the, and the flora and fauna. Right. And everything is dead after that. Whatever it was is now over and everything sort of falls apart. Yes. And... The guy, after that, you know, life goes on. The town tries to forget about it. They flood the valley. 
you know, and so now this is a reservoir and the yes. guy basically is like, you know, there's water covers now that area, you know, but I'll never drink it. Right. Uh, just the idea that this thing is now buried, you know, this, yes. this secret, this, this scandal is just forever lost under these waters. I know. Um, which is like, I, I can understand, uh, the, the, the people of this town and, you know, I mean, maybe specifically not wanting to acknowledge it ever again, you know, but uh, he, uh, the fact that he tells the, um, the scientist, the story, you know, in, in great detail, like shows that he's not afraid to relive it exactly. But, um, he's got this kind of reputation in town as being a little off. Well, I think that it's probably deserved, and I think that the narrator of the story is being, um, he he's being respectful, but I th- mm. he describes him, and of course, you have to, is this like Lovecraft, the author, describing like, he's simple, he's too dumb to be really scared by it, yeah. or is it the narrator, who is clearly an educated guy, saying this guy's too dumb to be scared by right. it, you know what I mean? Because there is... Um, they they he quotes what some people say. Yes. This is mostly told without dialogue, but yes. there are some dialogue sections and they're all like, Well, I went down up down to that barn there and I hip there and it's done in this patois of like the uneducated. Oh, you're right. So yeah. I don't know if that's what we know about the author, if that's the author or he is just saying maybe, you know, it's like the hobbits, right? Mm. The hobbits get the ring and they're gonna yep. take it to Mordor. So why yep. would you do that? Well, because hobbits are just too simple of a people. They have no ambitions. They're not going to be tempted to do anything with the ring like Galadriel, Gandalf, Saruman, the great powers. You know, there's just, that's their, you could say it's like, well, maybe I'm not going to have a very interesting discussion about literature with this person. But at the same time, they're just simpler and purer. Yeah. You're dumb, but it's okay. (laughs) I don't know if that's what's going on, but that's how he paints these characters and this yes. this guy that survived is almost like he's a stolid farmer right and anybody else would have been floored but he's just like i'm just gonna get out of here right <laughs> so live my life yeah there aren't any characters like that in color out of space and no. that's american color by the way yes a 2020 film by richard stanley produced oh. in part by elijah wood oh really you thought why is he talking about hobbits? That's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. Elijah Wood started a company called Spectrovision, which I don't know how you got that. Yeah, I don't either. It must be dead as like, Spectrovision used to be uh, what the softcore porn was on in the hotel room, right? Whoa. Spectrovision. Okay. Uh, but anyway, uh, they started a company in 2010 called Spectrovision that we're going to spend some of that Hobbit money. And yeah, make I guess some so. cool movies. Yeah. And this is one of those movies. Okay. Um, directed by Richard Stanley, who... I mean, He's we, we don't have time pass. to do the whole thing, do no, we? And no, probably not. Maybe a shortened version. Not at all. Uh, he directed two films uh, before he directed The Island of Dr. Moreau. Yes. If you don't know the story, you should probably watch the documentary about the making of Island of Dr. Moreau. The movies that he made before that uh, called Hardware and Dust Devil, they were Australian productions, uh, I believe. Um or no, South African. Okay. He's South African. I okay. thought one of them was shot in, in Australia, but uh, Dust Devil is definitely set in South Africa. Um, and after that, he directed uh, or tried to direct The Island of Dr. Moreau, mm-hmm. um, this 
whole thing happened where he got thrown off of his own movie, replaced by John Frankenheimer, ran off and lived in the woods or the yes. jungle while it was being shot on this tropical island. It was this huge flame out. It was supposed to be this big movie and, and uh, Warner Brothers, whoever put a ton of money into it, Val Kilmer's in it. And it was just this uh, Brando. Uh, Brando. Yeah. And it was a huge flame out. And he uh, kind of disappeared after that. He didn't stop working. He, he did some documentary films. He um, wrote some films and worked on some shorts. Uh, if you remember uh, Hodorowsky's Dune documentary, he showed up in that talking about Dune. Mm, okay. uh, he also was interviewed for Lost Soul, uh, the <laughs> the documentary I just talked about. Sure. Uh, but it all sort of seemed to suggest a willingness to return. Mm. And so here he is now yes. directing this Lovecraft adaptation. Uh, which, of course, stars uh, Nicolas Cage. Yes. Uh, which is great. Yes. Uh, he, I read that he uh, was, um, when he was growing up, Yeah. Don't, don't ask him, you know, he's on the A path or the B path as far as uh, loving Lovecraft stories. Okay. But I know that he did love Lovecraft stories, and he read them with his mother often. Oh, Okay. And then um, when she began to uh, get sick, mm. he was taking care of her. Like he read them to her, so he always had a connection to them. And this was, you know, one of his favorite of Lovecraft's stories. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a good one. You know, there's a there's a lot of stuff happening in it. I feel like I think that it's good, and it's you and you can do it. Right. Let me tell you what I mean by that. Okay, please do. If you're going to do uh, Call of Cthulhu, we're going to end up in the South Pacific. We're mm-hmm. going to need boats. We're yep. going to need a lot of stuff. If we're going to need a Cthulhu monster. At the Mountains of Madness, we're going to have we're gonna need snow or we're going to need a lot of this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So unless you're going to do the one where uh, the guy's brain is in a jar and there's he's a robot or whatever, uh, it's this is the one that you can do. All you need is a house mm-hmm. and some green. I mean, purple color. <laughs> Yes. And so that's what they uh, kind of did. It was made for $6 million. That's uh, very little, It has made really. about $30 million this weekend. Wow. So for a small release, it has been very successful. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad. It's great news. Yeah. Good. I'm glad that people are going out and seeing it. I guess so. we don't have to say what happens in this, but why don't let's talk about like what the differences are between the story and the book. Um, well, or in the movie. <laughs> the, the movie takes place in present day. So it's in 2020. Um. The uh, narrator is still the young scientist, but um, unlike the story, the story he he talks to Ami apparently for a long time and Ami tells him the entire thing. And then he goes back to his job and says he quits because he doesn't want to go back there. Right. Uh, in the story, in the, in the movie, he actually uh, runs into the daughter of the family because he, in the movie... Right. There are two boys and a girl. He's in He's in the world of this. He is part yes. of the events. Yes. Which is good. Make it more present. Present make day. Make it more. Yes. Not just present day. Make it more like the uh, visceral because yeah. he is there. Yes. Instead, so don't have it be related by some old wise man or something like that. Right. Just put him in the action. Yeah. So I think that was a good change. Um and they, they made it two boys and a girl instead of three boys for the kids, for the gardeners, which, you know, was fine. I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. Uh, I think they just Insofar kinda... as the boys were not characters at all? Yeah. We well, should definitely okay, fair. add a little character to them. Yeah. And so, yeah. There was somebody else, an older man, who was kind of living on their property or close to their property or whatever. Um, and uh, portrayed by... I can't. I was it was Chong. Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong. Tommy yeah. Chong. 
Uh, and he was kind of like an old hippie guy, and he had a cat. That was more or less about it. He's um, exactly what you, yeah. Remember that 70s show? Remember the guy that yeah. ran the auto or the photo mat? Yeah, exactly. Tommy Chong. Yeah. Now take that character, age him in real time yes. to 2020. <laughs> Tommy Chong. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, in, you know, in this one, there weren't any scientists. Like, they had a meteorite come, and then, like, the sheriff and the mayor of the town, which was Arkham, um, showed up. And then they're like, oh, the mayor was like, well, maybe I'll bring some press tomorrow or something like that. Uh, but like the story, the meteorite does shrink. But unlike in the story, it, it, the entire story takes place over like a, a year, year and a half, two years. And this takes place within a matter of days. Right. Um, and Make it more visceral. Yes, more visceral. Uh, and the meteorite basically disappears by day two. Uh, into we can assume into the earth into the ground of Eddie, the gardener's home if i said bark like a dog you might go woof woof but then you would immediately go into nicholas cage has a family and he lives in yeah. you cannot not just give a recap of the plot of the film all right i'm sorry i asked how it was different yeah i'm trying there to are just a couple gems in there yeah i would say it's different for a couple reasons uh some of the ones you've already said uh, also, the fact that the characters are characters. Now yeah. they aren't just figures, tragic figures described by an old age adult man. You know, the, the sons just disappear at random and yeah. that, that's it. Uh, all of the characters have a character now. Mm -hmm. And there is a more of a theme here. It's still an unknowable force from space. Yes. Um, as we learn when uh, the now main character, or at least um, POV character, um, I don't remember his name, but the surveyor guy yeah. tells us in VO uh, of reading basically word for word from the story, yes. Lovecraft story, the beginning and end. Uh, but now there is more of a theme to the light makes you something. It make It makes you... Give in to your fears. It makes you confront your fears. It makes you what you were already going to be mm -hmm. uh, or something like that. We don't know, but it has this mysterious effect. There's also, um, I think there are things that Lovecraft would have done if he could have gotten away with it or had thought to do it in the 20s. Like, yeah, there's some thingy stuff. Why do all the llamas become one llama? Yeah. Uh, is it because of John Carpenter or is it because of H.P. Lovecraft? Right. And I mean, it's a little both. Right. right but right. we get something like that. Um, th you also have to deal with specifically the fact that this movie is set 150 years past the point that it was set at that time. Right. So part of the problem of the story is they live in the middle of nowhere. You got to get the horses together to get out of here. But if the horses are been driven mad by the color out of space... You can't go anywhere. Right. You just got to stay there. Yes. So we immediately have to do what all more modern horror movies have to do, and that's deal with all the technology. Yeah, exactly. And so why don't the phones work? Or why don't, don't the cars work? Why Let's the get out of here. Why does the not work? Room, we're out right. of here. Yeah. That can't, none of that can work. Mm -hmm. But you also have to justify it beyond why don't they just put on their running shoes and just get out of there. Yeah. Ready yeah. or not. Right, right, right. Why doesn't she just run into the woods? Those bunch of fat idiots can't find her in the woods, can they? Yeah. We're not talking about ready or not. No, we're not. Anyway, it's because they have an ex-Navy SEAL murder man as their butler. <laughs> that was the thing in ready or not. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. OnStar doesn't work. 
I guess I'll flip the car. I know. <laughs> We're talking about Colorado space. So it has to deal with all that stuff. And I think it does it br- brilliantly. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, yeah. Uh, alien radiation makes my TV not work. Fine. But then if the characters who now have characters themselves are succumbing to something, some mind altering, changing effect of this. Yeah. They don't, they become super self-absorbed and they don't think to leave. So Nicolas Cage knows we got a problem here, but he's got to get those tomatoes. Right. Or Jolie Richardson, and great to see her. I haven't seen her in a while. Uh, she knows that we got a problem here, but she's got to get these clients because she's work oriented and this is important. Yes. Right. We got a little kid who's talking to Prince in the well. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I wish that would come back a little bit because we hear, we hear Jack, Jack, the little kid talking about. I I immediately thought of the, the Incredibles. Does anybody really call anybody Jack, Jack? No, you're right. Why is he Jack Jack? I don't know. Anyway, um, it may maybe because of the Incredibles. Uh, he's youngest. Uh, he's like, call me Jack Jack. I know. Okay. Right? Um, but but he hears voices in the well, and he's like, Shh, they're talking to me or whatever. And then we see Chong, and like he hears voices in there, the earth. Man. They're in the earth. But but that never comes back. What's out there is um, in here now. Right, right. So no, there's that's. This is where, here's my review, A minus. And the minus is, that's where some things fall off. Yeah. Now, if you looked at a 12-page Lovecraft story, you'd go, what happened to the horse or whatever? I'm sure there's plenty of loose ends. But this this movie does think, everything seems to have portent. Yes. And importance. And then many things aren't followed up on. And you're like, so was it? I know we're dealing with a bunch of people who are being driven crazy. Yeah. Were they wrong and were they it wasn't crazy? important? Right, right, right. Yeah. Should I not have paid attention to that or is it all just absorbing it? And I think it's all just absorbing it. The very few, I haven't seen any bad reviews, but the very few like kind of wishy-washy reviews talk about how, of this film, I'll talk about how some of the things are like, what, what, what's that? Mm-hmm. But they say, if you're just willing to be sort of caught up in something, um, it's a good ride. Yeah, and I, I will—I don't know if you ever turned to your right and looked at my face during the I film. I did, but actually, I, the whole time I was just like, I don't know where we're going, <laughs> but I want to go there. I yes. felt like I was on the boat in Willy Wonka. Sure, yeah. Um, I think maybe part of the people going crazy is them. Oh, we're gonna do theories. Well, I think part of them going crazy is them drinking the water. No, the the movie because... makes that. Very explicit. Yeah, because more, more, the scientist is like, I'm not drinking the water. Yeah, the, even more than, and if anything, um, you know, you, you can't, this is a movie with a weird idea. Because what's the idea? I bet, I didn't see the the, Will, the Wesley Crusher one, mm-hmm. but I bet in the Wesley Crusher one, it turns into a purple monster at the end and they cut the purple monster's head off and everything's sure. fine. Right. But this isn't about that. No, no, no. Because every H.P. Lovecraft story is about the arrogance of humanity sure yeah because these little scientists with their acids from Miskatonic University think that they understand the natural world and not only do you not understand the natural world but there is another world above and outside the one mm-hmm. that we live in mm-hmm. that you can't understand and I think the both the story and the movie make it pretty explicit that when we say space we're just talking about it's not like from another star although he does have Stories where there are literal aliens, but there's this is coming from somewhere else outside of 
the physical universe, mm. outside our understanding. It is right. coming from somewhere else. And we get a really brief glimpse of some completely unknowable alien wormy world, you know, mm-hmm. that pre- presumably is where this thing is from. Right. And so you're asking the audience to accept all this. So you got to give them a little, ah, don't drink the water. Don't drink the water. Don't right. drink the water. Don't drink the water. <laughs> like we have to mention the water a million times. When Nicolas Cage pours himself a whiskey, which comes from Texas, it's bourbon. Yeah. Uh, we have to make sure you see that he's got ice, ice cubes yes. with a purple tint in them. Yes. And it's like, okay, movie. I All right. That's for the Amis in the crowd. But yeah. I'm, I'm the smart guy that surveys water. You don't have to talk down to me. Right. Right. Um, I do think it's interesting that um, the daughter, she's the one who's really pushing to get out of there. She she wants to leave. Um, because she is rebellious. Mm-hmm. She eats. What does she do that it seems she's going to poop herself the whole time? She, she drinks. Do we see her drink some water? Because um, for a while, we see her she's the, the weirdest water. of all the family members. Yeah. But there is something specific that she does. She eats something or she drinks something. I can't remember. And so all through the second act, I'm not sure this is what they wanted to convey, but she kept like, she'd stop and she'd be like, I'm like, is she going to poop herself? Oh my God. Um, and then it turns out she throws up. Yeah. So we see that she throws up. Mm-hmm. So we know that she has not been d- drinking as much water as anybody else. Mm-hmm. If you need a physical scientific explanation as to why she is not as messed up as everybody else there you go right even though i believe the influence of the color out of space can pretty much do whatever it wants right but what makes it interesting is there's two legs to this i'll get to the second one in a little bit Hmm. is that she's like a super weirdo wiccan chick yes yes right yeah and so throughout the entire film, she really believes in this stuff and she turns to that in an extreme For help. Yeah. in an extreme way. Yes. A self-mutilating way. Yeah, I know. Which, Which was a could hard be that there is a uh there's there's a ambiguousness to it. It could be her being driven crazy, mm-hmm. or it could be that she really does believe this this much and mm-hmm. believe and want this is the strength of her conviction to try to get them out of there. Well, and it's ambiguous, and I love that. And the second thing is the second pillar is we also live in forget cell phones. Mm-hmm. This is 2020. Does Lovecraft exist in their world? Yeah, that's in a, a, really in a good world point. of John Carpenter movies mm-hmm. and Reanimator, you know, and Jeffrey Combs movies. Are they like, this is like a Lovecraft story. Do you know what I mean? Right. And we never get the answer. No. But there's a meta commentary in the film. Yep. I know what you're In that in addition to being a Wiccan, she is studying the Necronomicon. Right. Which you can go on my shelf in the living room. Mm -hmm. And I've got the little black cover paperback version of the Necronomicon, Mm -hmm. which is not a real book. It was written by some goofball in the 70s. Because the Necronomicon is a fictional work in the works of Lovecraft. Yes. So he made a meta magic book. Yes. (laughs) That is a total fake. Yes. Which then appears in their film, which she is using to try and cast real spells. Which I think is fascinating. That is brilliant. Yes, it is. I I also think it's interesting when she's doing like the, the, the second ritual 
where she where she later mutilates herself, she is asking for her own protection. Right. She's not asking for protection for her family because it's it's for herself. Because she's still herself, I think, at that point, and she mm-hmm. is. I mean, maybe that's this movie's version of. I'm just gonna. We'll just lock this up. We'll just get out of here. Right. The movie did not have my favorite scene from the story. And I'm glad it didn't because they were going in a different direction. They did put right. mom and the kid in the attic, but it yeah. turns out completely different. Right. Paging Uncle John. Mm-hmm. Um, A minus. Uh, <laughs> and, and, but that's because this is all about this. They take this one little bit from the story, which I think in Lovecraft's mind was just a Ooh, wouldn't this be crazy? And they make it almost the entire thematic thing, mm-hmm. which is at the very end, they've got the father and we know we, we can, we've hashed off half the family. We know where a lot of these people are. They're in the well and they're dead. Right. But he's like, my whole family's right here. Yeah. Right. And the movie makes that literal in that they're all somehow kind of trapped here still. And they're all together for some reason when in real life they were all headed in different directions because they're all teenagers. Yeah. And right. she's the one who's the most like, screw this like i don't even know i don't even think i like my parents you know mm-hmm. i'm getting out of here mm-hmm. and that's why the very end after nicholas cage is is killed yes she is the guy's like let's go we're gonna go we're now leaving. and she's like i'm not going anywhere i'm staying here she's like i can't this yeah. is this is my home right and it's like whoa what happened you know but then like what the entire movie happened <laughs> i know i know but what i think is another thing that i think is interesting and i don't know if like you were saying like the mutilation of herself what was she like giving into it was it like was it the influence of the color out of space was she really believing in it what what was it i think she really believed i i think so too but one thing that i think is interesting she makes like this diamond shape cut like right between her eyebrows and um later that is like glowing yeah. Along with her eyes, with the color. Tommy Jong had a had a, a third eye chakra like thing on his forehead too. Okay, all right. It's just a thing. All right. So I just think that that's great, um, but her arc is the best arc. Yeah, it's it, the they most gave the characters arc. arcs right, but they're still kind of abbreviated. Like kid, what's he gonna do? He's never gonna do anything. Mm-hmm. The other brother, literally the whole time, uh, maybe pot protects you against the color I don't because know. the whole time he's just like. Well, this is crazy. And then he's like, I got to get in that well. Dead. I know. I know. And Nicholas, K- and then like mom is like, I got to work on business stuff. Yep. It's like, oh, I never heard that before. Uh, and then Nicholas Cage is like, he, he, he doesn't want to become his father. So we're guessing that he's becoming his father. Right. But I guess his father was just an asshole. Right. Who or his father was just Nicholas Cage at a nine. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Okay. I guess I'll just get out of here now. <laughs> Or whatever. <laughs> there were some really Is great. That okay. Yeah, there were some really great Nick Cage moments in this. Yeah, there was. So I appreciate. There it. was a real. He's. I think he's going to have a Mandy moment in every movie like this that he does from now on. I'm totally fine. I'm with referring that. to the moment in Mandy after you know. Um, let's not spoil Mandy. No. Where what what happens in Mandy happens. Yes. And he goes in the bathroom and he's just like. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> and there's this moment where you see the camera. They're in a, you know, like a half bathroom set, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And the the camera operator moves in because he's like, okay, this is Nick's scene. And he's just going, ah, ah, ah. And like the camera like backs off really fast, <laughs> which is like, yeah, I'm with, I'm with you there, buddy. <laughs> but this like, he's trying to start the car and he's like, no, 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 no. And he keeps like punching the river of the car. And it's like, yes. he's doing it. He's doing his bandy moment. I know. 
And it's so if if you I don't know if you didn't know who Nicolas Cage was, let's say that you took you asked like would Lovecraft like this movie? If you got him in a time portal and you brought him to this, he might watch that and go, "This thespian is is really going for it." You know, he doesn't know what we know about yeah. Nicolas Cage, yeah. but knowing what we know, it's perfect. It's the perfect release of tension in this. Yeah. And it works even better than the dialogue because Stanley wrote this with somebody else and he clearly put things in there to lighten it up and break the tension. Yeah. Uh, like, the, like the sister and the brother call each other like these complicated like insults, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is like, it's an okay bit. But it doesn't doesn't never really like makes you laugh. But like Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cage, like the audience is cracking up in the theater. Yeah. And like he, when he's going nuts over the vegetables. He's throwing the tomatoes the, down the and the wife's screaming yeah. at him. And then yeah. she walks out and he's like, it's a good idea, honey. And like, yeah. It just, <laughs> it, it works because of that. Yes. It's, he is, he is the color out of space in this movie. Yeah. He yeah. is the meteor that lands in this movie and makes it work. I agree. A minus. Um, give I, me your review. Yes, um, I would. I would also give it an A minus. You can't d- take my review. Uh, fine. I'll, no, no, no. I'll give it an A. Um, okay. she, the daughter has purple streaks in her hair. Just gonna mention that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, one other thing we haven't talked about yet, which I know you and I talked about after the movie, is that the scientist, the the narrator of the entire thing, is is a a young black actor. Which, for many reasons, I think is great. Uh, one, I think it's great to see that. Um, I mean, should we do we spoil the I don't ending? Know what you're doing. Or well, he he survives, yeah. and uh, I think it's great to see a black character in a horror film yeah, actually you, survive. You love the fact that a black character survived a horror film. I guess you've never seen Deep Blue Sea. Well, I mean, I, Get Out. He but. was uh, a... <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I didn't recognize any of these people except for, um, I guess... Nick Cage. And Jolie Richardson and, yeah, and Tommy right. Chung. Uh, he was okay. Yeah. I didn't love him. Okay. I thought he was good for like... If you slotted him into um, Friday the 13th, 11, and he was one of the kids, it's like, we, we can't go to sleep. I right. think he would have been fine. Yeah. Um, the girl was great. Yes. Um. And then the other two boys were like, oh, they're they're just kind of there. So, yeah. Yeah. Nobody was bad, but, no. um, but yeah, Nicholas <laughs> Cage was great. Yeah, he was. <laughs> we, I want, I know he makes 12 movies a year because of taxes, but I want one of these a year. I would love that. It was last year was Mandy. Personally. Yeah. We got this this year. Yeah. I can't wait for what's coming up in the future. I, I know. Um, and like you said, there should be an unofficial official trilogy of these nick cage films with the yeah. who there there is a connecting producer i i can't i don't i don't remember who so i who, remember that hearing that too but i've yeah. looked all over and, and i it, can't find any connection really i don't maybe it was something that he was connected to originally but then it went over to oh. elijah wood huh but okay. yeah i can't find that anywhere weird all but right clearly Similar vein, yes, yeah, yes. Uh, weird colors in both of them too, um, and yeah. and horrific events. So yeah. What's the third one? Oh, first boy. one was original. Yeah. Actually, you know, the first one was original, but it itself, it's like, what if you took, what if you adapted the concept of sixty sci-fi mm-hmm. <laughs> into a film? Yeah. You know, all throughout the Mandy is reading paperback books. Right. You know, uh, and they're talking about their favorite planets and stuff like that. Right. And it's all kind of, and the whole movie is like an album cover. You know what I mean? Yes. So it's just, yeah. So, 
but this is more direct. The third one is um, the importance of being earnest. <laughs> we just, just slowly ramp the weirdness that. down. Oh my gosh! Until that's, it's uh, Oscar Wilde. It's quite the ramp down, I have to say. Uh, so yeah. Where does Gar- Greta Gerwig go next? Oh boy, I don't. I I, I don't know. Do you do a uh, Jane Austen? uh adaptation or something like that um uh what or or another like classical um strong female like story like do you do anna green gables or something like that um no no (laughs) no you gotta go all the way back oh so you do uh uh high schooler um going into college Mm. uh in the 90s Mm. uh then you go back to little women and then you rewind it all the way way back electra oh my gosh like the classical story electra some sophocles okay action in there. all right all right that's great it starts with an earthquake birds and snakes and airplane lenny bruce is not afraid i have a hurricane listen to yourself turn so that's it. Uh, well, uh, if you've listened to this episode, I sure hope that you have seen the movie Color Out of Space. Yeah. Uh, or uh, read the book, at least, or a story, and so you won't be totally um, ruined. If you have read the story and you like it and you haven't seen the film somehow, yeah. see the film. Absolutely. I think 100% you will. Recommend it. Absolutely. Unless you love uh, cravats and, uh, you know, guys that look like H.P. Lovecraft uh, talking <laughs> to old people. If you're married to the setting somehow. Yeah. When I heard that they were updating this, I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. You got, you got a bad feeling. It's like putting Dracula in the future. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't work at all. I don't know. Uh, they totally made it work. Yeah. It totally works. Yeah, it totally works. And it's really great. And it's so great to actually see a good film on this stupid show. Hey, if you like this stupid wow. show, uh, you could follow us on Facebook and Twitter to get more of it. And also, uh, listen, listen. Listen, you, you were listening to this episode. Yeah. You found it somehow. Mm-hmm. If you're one of the 5% of people that are somehow listening to this without having subscribed to a listening service. Yes. Maybe you found one of those USB drives I left on the street. <laughs> Go to your listening platform of choice right now and subscribe to the show. Yes. We need that subscriber count. Yes, absolutely. That all factors in, mm-hmm. as do the reviews and the ratings, and that's how our computer overlords know that we're doing a good job. Yes. And that's all that really matters. Absolutely. We're not working for the man anymore. No. <laughs> we're, we're working for the the main. The main. <laughs> put the AI in man. The main frame. Oh, no. That's who we're working for. Wow. And because we're working for that, we need a, a nice a nice rating. Yes. Like five things out of space. You know what it is. <laughs> you already know what it is. It's weird that they – it's described as like there's – it's like a rock, but it's like a gooey rock. It's yeah. not – it's brittle. It's more like malleable. Like yeah. Maybe like lead or something soft. Mm-hmm. And then they, they find like these bubbles inside and they pop them and that's – the color the color or whatever. yeah i know it's it's weird i think there's nothing to make you poop yourself yeah jeez let's <laughs> just get poop yourself yeah i know she threw up um without spitting i know so i was not convinced i know so give us five <laughs> stars instead from beyond the stars yes and that'll help us uh get up there uh that's it for this week we'll be back next week to talk about something else but until then we're signing off i'm your host caliban i'm your co-host mika Hanna. keep the geek fires burning 